Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blind Donkey Runner podcast. On this week's episode, I have Harold Houston, aka Hack, one half of the Murray High football and basketball play-by-play team, who you can hear this Friday night, December 4th on 1340 WNBS in Murray, calling the Murray High versus Owensboro Catholic, third round of the playoffs game. We talk a myriad of topics from Murray High football, basketball, Region 1, football and basketball, and a little bit of other topics. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview as much as I did recording it. Go Tigers! How's it going, Harold? Fine, John. How are you tonight? Pretty good. Um, so, Harold Houston, a.k.a. Hack, welcome to yes. the Funky Runner Podcast. Good to be here. Um, first of all, i got to ask, where did you get the nickname? That is a great question, and it is an old nickname that I gained in high school. I played high school basketball. Not very well, and I fouled out a lot coming off the bench. So you can see how I got the nickname Hack, and as I got older, that's exactly how I golf also. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I guess I should start off by explaining why I have you on the podcast. So over the years, I've developed – I've always loved high school athletics. And I – it started off with my high school and then I started following everybody in Georgia. And then I started following Murray state, which led me to start following the local schools. When especially the three girls from Murray high committed to, uh, to Murray state, Hurley, Burbo and Mays. Yes. So then I just went down a rabbit hole. I started following Marshall, McCracken, you know, Graves, Fulton County, everybody in region one. And, then I started following the other programs, like the football programs that, you know, Marshall or Mayfield and McCracken led to me to Murray, which Sebastian Lawrence is committed to Murray State, which is, I'm excited for that. Absolutely. So, then I stumbled upon you guys, you and Jeremy Bell. And you guys, <laughs> I love the comedy between you guys. You guys are, the banter is awesome. And I love listening to you guys all the game. Well, we appreciate that very much. When you're, we are not the most professional crew. There's many, many more. When you called out Graves County and McCracken and, and that leaves you. Um, I think. There you are. Still with me, John? Yeah, I thought I lost you for a second. You there? There you go. John, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I can hear you. It's never an episode without technical difficulties. <laughs> you get? I got you? Let me send you another link. I'll try that. We go. I'm sorry about that. I think I did that. I did not put my iPhone on uh, Never Lock, and I think when it when it went to sleep, I lost you. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So 
We were talking about the broadcasters in Region 1. I still think you guys are the cream of the crop. Well, we appreciate that. We thank you very much. As I said before, we lost connection there. I, I think Jeremy and I are just fans, um, and, and we try to bring it as a fan. Uh, I had I had the pleasure of playing uh, high school football when I was in high school many, many, many years ago. Uh, uh, I played. I also played high school basketball and and baseball and and did a little track. Very fortunate that my uh, both my daughters played sports at Murray High, uh, basketball, volleyball, and softball, and, and so kind of into high school sports and, and also had some opportunities to have some fun with Murray State, as I, I call some Murray State baseball and softball games for them. I think I've heard you on a couple games for baseball. Yeah, we got about four or five in before everything got shut down last year on ESPN uh, Plus and, and had a great team, and it looks like we're going to have a great team again this next spring when we get to play. And there's some local talent there, too. Yes. Yes, there are some local kids playing. Uh, seeing a lot of kids from Caldwell. Uh, a pitcher by the name of Shane Burns, left-hander uh, from Caldwell County over in Princeton, Kentucky, does a fabulous job. And I'm very fortunate I have uh, the uh, SID is one of my neighbors, Dave Winder, at Racer Dave 23 just to give him a plug. Uh, big baseball fan. Oh yeah, and and he watches them, and and during fall practice he could see it. None of the rest of us could, and he said Shane Burns had an excellent fall that most of the Murray hitters in inter squad games couldn't even touch him. I think it was Jordan Naranjo from Grays County that I I had seen or I heard that coming Murray. Yes, he has, and he got he got in a couple of games early last year before everything shut down, and he had a did a very nice job. Um, well, the biggest reason I was having you guys on the podcast, because Murray football has exploded this season. Uh, they have impressed me. We, we've been blessed this year, John, in, in that, you know, you didn't know what was going to happen. And we always talk to Coach Hodge uh, before the season starts. And, and one of the questions we ask him He's, we said, will the season finish? Will we get it done? And, and he and we've never shared it with anybody we, on that because of all the things happening. He said, maybe 50-50 that we'll get near the end. And, and you look at the Tigers now and what they have done is, is that we've, we've had a pretty good season and we've had a lot of games and, and it's, it's very positive that we've gotten this far. And I think everybody is just absolutely elated. You know, we've got 10 games in, ready to play game number 11 tomorrow night. Right. Now, uh, I was kind of worried with, you know, losing Hunter Utley, your three-year starting quarterback, and a couple other talents. I was worried that, but I didn't know Rowdy was going to be as good as he is. He's, he's really impressed me. I, I think when we saw Hunter go down last year and he got hurt in, in, in the first Mayfield game, regular season game last year, and, and we had to play, then Rowdy had to come in. We were very fortunate that that Rowdy had a, had a couple of games last year to where he could kind of settle in and get to play. We got, I, I'm going to look it up right now. I can't remember it off the top of my head before we had to go into playoffs. Uh, 
on that. And, and as oops, uh, as it came back last year, we had, I know we had Fulton County before we went and played um, uh, Coldwell County, and that that was a huge deal that we got to play them. He got to do some things, get out there in the field, see what he could do, kind of settle down. And then when we got to play, uh, yeah, he got one game, Fulton County, then we went to the playoffs in Caldwell County, and the young man played a tremendous game. When you look at that, uh, we beat Caldwell County last year 34-17, to and, and Rowdy had uh, 29 passing attempts. He had 20 completions for 287 yards. Nobody could believe that we were going to get that game out of Rowdy last year, and it was fantastic. And he's done a great job this year. He went through a streak where he had some interceptions, but the inv- they changed the offense a little to bring it back down to him. And with this offense where we're driving up the middle and not spreading it out has worked a lot better for Rowdy. Was that change after the Paducah-Tillman game? Because I, I noticed an uptick in how good Murray was after the Tillman game. I think that's a great observation on your part, yes. I think that's when Coach realized that we needed to, needed to make a change was that Paducah-Tillman game. We had several turnovers and interceptions. Uh, I, I'm uh, Let me check right here. I have the ability to do that. I think uh, six turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it was a huge amount of turnovers that happened in that game. And, and, and I think that's when Coach decided we cannot play that spread offense. That is not Murray High's style on that. He, yeah, we had six turnovers, but he, Rowdy had four interceptions that night. And Coach decided he couldn't play that style. So that's when he put packed everything in. We're going to run the ball, allowing uh, Charvel McAllister, uh, Brendan Dank to run the ball, but also you got Rowdy that can pull the ball down, and he's a good runner on his, on his own. And then occasionally you can throw Sebastian in there in a wildcat. And, and so I think people know we're going to run, but I think you look at our offensive line and what they have done blocking-wise, allowing us to run. Because you can run Dank in between the tackles and Charvel outside the tackles, and it's, and it's really pretty impressive. Um, it's got to be kind of scary for those defensive backs to see Sebastian coming at them. <laughs> I, it, it is. I, I think just like last Friday night when the Tigers got their first touchdown and it was like uh, third down and two from the one or from the two, and and they went into the Wildcat, direct snap from Sebastian and let him just run directly into the line, and, and he made it perfectly fine in there. Uh, because of his size and the speed that Sebastian has for a player his size is just is just unbelievable. And, and he, he is a tremendous talent. Um, you look at this year that maybe he didn't have the tackles that, uh, say, uh, Andrew Orr, who leads the team, does, or the sacks that Devin Lee. Well, Devin Lee's tied for number seven in the state in sacks, no matter which class of football. And you, big pardon. That's awesome. Right, that's and and so, but it's some of that happens because it, we've got two and sometimes three blockers on Sebastian, and, and and Sebastian's a talent. If he could just be two to three, maybe four inches taller, he'd be playing high level D one ball. Yeah, 
I mean, it's kind of hard when you're teams know he's the real deal. Teams know to to block him and triple double team triple team him. So that that's gonna leave your Andrew Orr and your Devin Lee's open to get in the sacks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and that we're talking about defense now. Murray's defense has played good all season. It was the Crittenden game, but I mean, they almost they should have beaten Henderson. Yeah, Crittenden, a, a very tremendous one A team, and, and I wasn't able to attend that game. I I had other commitments that I had to make that weekend, so I was I was gone. Jeremy was by himself, but in everything they told me, just a tremendous, well coached, well disciplined team. That you know they're they're playing in the quarterfinals tomorrow night too in Class One A, and right. and they may make the finals here here in the, here in the Commonwealth, and just me. a great team. That would not shock me if they made it. No, um, I would be really happy if Murray makes. They're gonna if they get through Owens uh, Ocath. They've got either Lexington Christian or. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the other team. Well, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, we've looked at this. Uh, we, I'll go back a little history. Cal Preps, one of the, one of the football pages, and some people following stuff. You know, it's calling chalk for the for the quarterfinals in two A, and their and their 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 prediction is it will beat them twenty one twenty. Didn't say one, two, or three overtimes. Let's hope we don't go there. Uh, yes. <laughs> But they're talking about Lexington Christian, uh, Beachwood, and Wes Carter also winning, all four of the top four picks. And so if Murray High would win and Lexington Christian win, we'll go to Lexington. If Lexington Christian does not win, but Beachwood and Wes Carter does, we'd have to go to Beachwood. If Beachwood and Lexington Christian both lose, we and I think at that point in time we wouldn't have to go to West Carter, but there is a scenario that we would have to go to West Carter, and, and all those huge travels. We're talking Lexington Christian being the closest opponent that we would have to play next week if we get that opportunity. Now, where are uh, West Carter uh, and the other two? I know we're Lexington Christian. Yeah. I'm not what? Sure about Wes Carter's on the other side of Moorhead, Kentucky. So you're, you're talking, what, two, two and a half hours east of Lexington. Okay. Uh, Beachwood's up in the Cincinnati area in that northern Kentucky. Okay. So, I, I mean, that, that would, that, either way, it, we're going to, winning, uh, unless, winning this Friday, tomorrow night, uh, Friday night, or, and depending on what other teams do, we're probably gonna we're probably gonna travel next Friday and travel a long distance. Yes, but hey, it's the playoff. That's right. It's worth it. These these guys deserve it. I mean, Absolutely. Especially with all they've been through this year. Uh, I mean, with all the stuff that COVID has put these guys put athletes through this year, it's it's worth it. I'm I'm really thankful that we're still playing right now absolutely you look at the uh really the first three games that we played and even the first four with paducah tillman webster county was not supposed to be our opener 
Uh, we'd originally had, at that point, once we scheduled and said we were supposed to start on September the 11th, there was originally a team from Tennessee, but it, it did not fall under the governor's guideline. It was not a team from a county touching Kentucky, so we had to go to Webster County. Trigg County was not a game we were supposed to have to play. We had to reschedule that. Crittenden County wasn't even on the schedule, or neither was Paducah Tillman. Union County that we played on October the 9th, that, that game finally was in three or four different places. It was supposed to be at the end of the season. Middle of the season, we'd changed it. And at one time, uh, we had our crosstown rival, Callaway County, where we were going to play them twice. So been an interesting season. Uh, the only game we really, really lost uh, was the last game of the regular season. Um uh, uh, trying to play Ballard Memorial here in the district game, just unable to play that. And so we had that week off. The governor asked for all to, for the playoffs to move back a week. So we really went two weeks from November the 6th to November the 20th uh, between football games. You guys in Kentucky are in the third round, and DHSA just made it to this. This week will be the second round. Oh, that's a, and, and it's all over the board. Um, and we got to remember that there's states like Illinois that did not even play football this fall. They're they're wanting, and and I should probably say hoping to play football in the spring. So is uh, North Carolina. They're, yeah. they're, um. But like I said, Murray, I, I, I see them, like I said, they, I see them defeat OCAF. Um, I mean, okay, they're going to be tough. Um, they upset Hancock County, um, but I still – I think the momentum of getting that streak of losing, the losing streak off their backs against Bakefield, I think that's going to propel Murray Get a little bit pep in their step. Oh yeah, there there is no doubt about it. Uh, having having that opportunity, you, you know, when we played Mayfield in overtime, the first the regular season game, and got beat by one. I think our football team finally realized that we could compete, and that right. that was very very important. And we've talked to the coaches over the years, Coach Fisher, Coach Duncan. Uh, now Coach Hodge, uh, about this, that, that at times our, our, our players were thinking they were playing Mayfield and not playing football. And, and, the, and the mystique of playing Mayfield sometimes uh, absolutely blew everybody's mind. But once we realized they, they were just, we, we weren't playing Mayfield, we were playing football, I think that made a big difference. And some of the young men on the team even mentioned that this year, that we've got to play football. We're not playing Mayfield, we're playing football. Now, Mayfield's a very good team. They're a young team. They're going to be very, very good next year. And, and right. I think the Tigers, we're losing some people, but I think it's going to be a great matchup next year when Mayfield and Murray High get together. I think this started the whole – It's things are going to be different in this rivalry. I think Mayfield's not going to be the def, defining winner of all the games between the Tigers and the Cardinals. Uh, we we may actually have a rivalry for a change instead of it all being on their side. I, I'm excited. Um, so the first game you mentioned it in overtime and 
I was really impressed with Coach Hyde wanting to go for two, just to go ahead and get it. I mean, his – I was – you know, it's regular season. You're still going to make the playoffs. Go for it. And I was impressed with his nerve to go through that. I know. Uh, Jeremy and I up in the booth before before even did it, we talked about it. We both said, yes, we think two is the right thing. Coach didn't hesitate much. He said, let's go for two. And we asked him about that the next week, and he said, you know, I had no problem in calling it. The seniors wanted it. The players wanted to go for the win. They knew they'd played a good football game. They wanted it to win it at home. So everybody down on the field had buy-in. And I think that was the most important thing that happened. Coach said, we asked him about it because you look at Coach uh, Joe Morris for, for the Mayfield Cardinals. Once we lined up, he called timeout after he saw the formation. And we, and we said, Coach, did you think about changing the play completely? He said, I did move it to the other side. I, did, I, I considered we had a second play, and he said, maybe I should have ran that play. But he had enough confidence in the play called just switching it from one side of the line to the other. And, and Mayfield made a, heck, made a heck of a defensive stop that time. They did. Um, and then fast forward to, you know, Caldwell in the playoffs. Murray had to come back. They were down 14 the 14 Yep. It, we, we, it, it seems to me like four, being down 14 to nothing is when we finally decide that we need to come back and, and, and do something at that point in time. But yeah, we were down 14 to nothing. And, and then we slowly started chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And, 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 and finally came in there. It, it was, it was a tremendous game. That that we saw. I think there it, it was a game that you know we scored after they got up fourteen to nothing. We scored twenty one in a row. Then they tied it up twenty one all. We went to, we both went to twenty eight. Then we we popped it out there. Or actually, it was twenty one all. We popped it out to thirty five. They brought it back and and there was a couple things that happened late in the third and the fourth. And we talked to Coach about it. I thought a big pivotal moment with Crittenden County is when uh, the head coach for Caldwell County, uh, Barnes, got, got a, a uh, misconduct, not a misconduct penalty, but he got a penalty, unsportsmanlike penalty. And we pretty much knew, we could see from the booth, the official that threw the flag, it was not a sideline warning. He threw it about 30 foot in the air. And so we knew that there was a big penalty come, got an unsportsmanlike on the coach, and, and we could pretty much tell what was happening all night that uh, the the Caldwell County receivers believed all night that our receivers, our defensive backs were way too tight on them, and, and there, there should be pass interference, which never got called the whole game, and I think uh, Coach Burns finally pointed out to the official, <laughs> and not the way the official liked, that he thought there was pass interference. Uh, so I thought that was critical, and that slowed Caldwell County down for just a little bit. We fast forward into the fourth, and the last touchdown drive that Caldwell County had, we had a face mask. Murray Hyde defensively had a face mask penalty that allowed him to, to and that was on a third down and long, mm -hmm. and so they got a first down, and then a couple more plays, we had them down, 
and we got an unsportsmanlike, give them another first down, got into Murray High territory, and they finally scored. And, and we talked to the coaching staff, and we we had had an unsportsmanlike penalty earlier in the game. We talked to the coaching staff about it, and I, they said they had a long conversation with the team about the effect of those penalties, and, and that's why Mayfield game, we didn't see anything like that. I think everybody right. understood how important it was not to get those type of penalties. Um, and then – Fast forward to the Mayfield game. You're already you're down fourteen nothing toward the end of the first, and you finally get a punch. You get it punched for seven, fourteen to seven, and then you're like Mayfield's and the what? Oh, before that, sorry, forgot. Mayfield was good. They were on the two yard line. Fourteen to punch it in, and they don't get it. That was huge, John. Uh, yeah. We talked to the coaches last night about that. You think about that. That was the third time that Mayfield touched the ball because we had fumbled for the third time in a row in our possession, driving it down inside the five. They were basically first and goal from the two. Right. First two plays running, couldn't punch it in. On the second play, uh, Jordan Owens uh, a, an offensive lineman for Mayfield that that went down. Eventually found out the young gentleman had broke his leg. I think he's just a sophomore. Very, very good lineman player for Mayfield. Uh, he, right. he later tweeted out that everything was fine. He'll be back stronger, better than ever next year. So he's got the right mental attitude. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him back on the field. And, and we asked Coach Morris, I said, did that little 10-minute break while they attended to him – did that allow you to rally the troops? And if you listen to the pregame tomorrow night, Coach will talk about that and what they were doing and how he, he even, we got this, everybody came back. It looked like a little different Murray High team. And sometimes, you know, the offensive team, when you lose one of your, your players, you get down a little bit, it plays on your mind just a little. And it maybe had a small effect on Mayfield. But Mayfield's such a well-coached team that I, don't, I, I think nothing affects them. But they stopped them on third down. And then uh, here we are, fourth and fourth and goal, probably from the one. They run it in there, and the def- and the defensive line and the linebackers stop him again. I think that was the first big important play for Murray High of the game. If it had been twenty-one to nothing, the dynamics of the game would have completely changed, and, and we maybe the Tigers maybe never could have come back from that. But. Right. And so that was such an important play. But I'll let you go on now, and you lead us where you want us to go, John. Well, I mean, that just proved the statement I said earlier, that defense for Murray High is impressive. I mean, you shut Mayfield down the rest of the game pretty much. Yeah, they they did a tremendous job. uh, And then, as you talked about, when we got into the second half, and, and Jeremy and I talked about it in halftime and just before it started that we needed to stop right away from Mayfield when they got the ball. And fortunately, that happened. It was a three and out. They punted to us. Uh, we we got the ball back, drove it down. That's where we got uh, Sebastian Lawrence on the Wildcat from the two got in. So you're right. 14 to seven is where we're at. And then it just went back and forth, back and forth. Till about what 4:40 in the fourth quarter. Now, 
my phone glitched and my radio app that I listened to glitched out and I missed this call the uh was it Dijon Miles with the punt return? Uh no, Charvel McAllister. Charvel, sorry. That's all right. I missed that call. So I, I, I when I got my radio back on my phone, I was like, wait, we just scored? <laughs> It it was it was uh, Mayfield was in their own own half of the field. They punted the ball. Charvel picked it up or caught it on the Murray High thirty nine, and then he took he took it back for a touchdown. It was on the far side that he ran down, which would be the north side of War Memorial Stadium, past the Murray High uh, bench, and took it all the way in. There was a penalty marker on the play. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> that, this, this is the second most important thing that happened in, in this ballgame. Penalty marker on the field. Uh, I don't know if you heard Jeremy and I, if you'd come back or not, but immediately I knew where the flag was and why it was, and it was a bad flag. Could not even believe it. I could see Coach Hodge. He was talking to the officials. And, and and asking for it now, seven officials did the game as right. we've got into this side. And Coach Hodge said, and and he said this last night when we did our pregame show, if there had only been five officials, that flag would never have been would never have been picked up. But the what it was a linesman that called the penalty. And, and, and we believe it was going to be one or two, an illegal block in the back or blocking of a defenseless player. Could have been either or. I'm not sure what the official had in his mind. But the trailing official on the sideline had a better angle. If you can visualize this in your mind, the official standing on the sideline, he had really from his right-hand side, Charvel coming at a 45-degree angle. He had the Mayfield blocker, the Mayfield tackler coming really straight at him. And it was Devin Lee that made this block. And he was coming out of 45 from his left, and it all kind of converged real close to the official. And the speed and the angle is why I believe he threw the flag. Most cases, it probably wasn't a bad flag, but he didn't have a good angle. And so I, I think this was... Uh, the referee on Friday night was Don Gilmore, a well-respected uh, professional uh, high school official. He brought it in the whole game. He brought his crew together after Coach Hodge had talked about it. The other official had seen it. They probably talked three or four minutes, and they picked the flag up. And, and, and we have to remember in high school football, there's no replay. Right. And, and I think you have to uh, really respect that group of officials for, have, number one, checking their egos and saying, okay, let's talk about this together and, and let's get it right, number one. Number two, if we pick this flag up, it's against the home team, the legendary Mayfield Cardinals. And so there's a little pressure on officials when you do that. Mm -hmm. And they picked that flag up and waved it off and, and eventually made it a tie ball game that had to go into overtime. That was the, the, the stop in the, in the first half at the goal line by the defense and the officials picking up the flag were the two big major plays of that game. So we're tied 14-14. <laughs> 
Murray High scores, and then you get uh, Cartwright and Mayfield to fourth down and like was it ten eight? Yeah, it, it was it was eight to ten. He was back there, and, and 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 Mr. Cartwright did a tremendous job. You talk about a wonderful young quarterback that's really going to be something else. Uh, but Zane Cartwright, 11 or 25 for 95 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was the one in overtime. He, he rolled out to his left, come back to his right. It seemed like he was running for his life. And he just heaved it. Yeah, seemed like it took forever. And uh, he, threw it, he threw it to the back of the end zone. And uh, top... Uh, made the catch in between three defenders. Uh, Coach Moore said some defenders missed their assignments and it should have just been a volleyball game, but made a heck of a catch. It was, it was a heck of a catch to, to get those points in overtime for another time when we went to, uh, at that point in time, 21 all. Now, I think you guys said that that reminded you guys of Tate uh, Stinson and Tate Neely. Oh, the, talk about tiger killers throughout the years, uh, Stinson and Neely. And I truly believe that Cade Neely played high school football for Mayfield against Murray High for eight years. He was such a talent and could absolutely shred Murray High every time he stepped on the field. They were they were two talented athletes. Yes. Stinson is at Murray now, Murray State. Yes, that is correct. Stinson's at Murray State, and Neely's at Louisville. So um, Hunter Utley's now at Murray State, too. That's, that's yes. A cool yes. Uh, of course, we're waiting for Murray State uh, to play football this spring. Uh Got, I have my season tickets bought. They they tell me what when uh, they haven't told me exactly where I'm going to sit yet, but we'll be socially distanced and we'll get to sit, see some Murray State football starting February the 28th. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Both field, uh, both attempts for the field goals were missed. The second. Yes. Talk about nerve. Talk about blood pressure going up. I the the. Mayfield had, in the second overtime, Mayfield had the ball first. They were three, basically three plays, didn't do anything. Brought their field goal kicker on, and, and to kick that little, uh, is going to be from about the 12-yard line, call it 22, maybe 24 yards, somewhere in there. Right. He got the disadvantage of it being on the far right hash. Uh, hash marks in high school are a little wider than college and professional football. Had a breeze coming almost directly at him, and, and you know, uh, he, he kicked it, and, and it was a little short, didn't go through. Murray High came back out, second part of the second overtime for their attempt. Uh, ran it three times, had it in the center, going to be 22 to 24 yard field goal, and uh, kicker came out and, and hit it like one of my golf shots. Uh, left his club face open and, and sliced it off to the right. So off to the third overtime we go. Um, so Murray scored. I can't remember how. Uh, that one we we ran it in in. Let me go back in here. I can find that one. You're better. I've got a. Let's see. I've got a little thing out. Here we go. Third overtime. So at that. 
at, at that one there, Sokolowski passed it to Ashkan Nababi for a three-yard touchdown. Point after by Kane is good. Murray leads 28-21. First play, they, they Charvel McAllister ran it to the to the five. So it picked up five. Dank uh, runs it to the three. And then Sokolowski uh, completed to Nababi, three-yard touchdown. And so it's 28-21. Mayfield gets the ball. Uh, and I've got it here. Cartwright. Try, uh, had it first play, had an incomplete pass in the end zone. Second time he threw it in the end zone. Uh, Xavier Biggers dropped it, and then here we are, third and ten. Here's the big play. He throws it, throws it toward the end zone. I think he was looking for top on that play, and Dijon Miles comes up with a huge interception. Uh, had a big interception against Caldwell, and the game-ending interception against Mayfield. And, and and then it, you know maybe in the words of, of a fellow Georgian, uh, Jeff Foxworthy, Pandelarium was was abound. <laughs> oh, my wife was wondering what was going on because I just shot off the couch and decided. No, it- we, worked, we, we did a workout later that night, and I I ran. He was on the treadmill, and I was running around our garage I'm a little bit insane. <laughs> but I did four miles in the garage faster than I had in a long time. So I was I was running on adrenaline. Interesting that you say that. I believe many people were. It was funny. Jeremy, on the way home, he said, boy, I think I'm going to find it tough sleeping tonight. And I said, oh, I'll go in. Well, by the time I got home and, and sat down and I visited with my wife, and I was up till midnight. Uh, we asked the coaches, you know, how'd you guys do? What time did you finally get to sleep? I think uh, Coach Hodge said it was like three thirty-four o'clock. He was all, he was already preparing for Owensboro Catholic. Uh, coach Morris, our coach Morris, Clayton Morris, the defensive coach, he said it was about the same way for him. You know, they they turned it. They knew that yes, they had won, but they needed to turn it off for Mayfield and turn it on for Owensboro Catholic uh, on the next step. Now, sticking with football, but a different topic. Sure. Um, Murray has an interesting stadium. Yes. And I found this out halfway through the season that you guys play on the Murray High baseball field. Multi-purpose stadium. Uh, the way it was built, it, it was built back during kind of like War Memorial over in Mayfield, but it was Back in the CWP stages and where they to, to create work and things like that, they built the stadium. Ty Holland is a football, baseball field together. Uh, the press box would be out in far left center field where Jeremy and I are at uh, if, if somebody hit a home run from the baseball field. Uh, okay. Uh, it, it's a unique. The baseball people would love to have a single-use uh, ballpark for them, but it's been that way for years and years and years, and it works. Uh, the the football Tigers have their own uh, practice field inside the uh, track area at the high school, and, and they just try to play the games uh, just at the state at the at Ty Holland. And, and so the grass is not tore up. They both try to take care of the grass and, and the turf and make sure it's fine. At one time, 
before Murray High uh, create that was just as my wife and I were moving in the area 2000-2001 before the Mallory France soccer complex was built they used to play soccer over at Ty Holland also oh wow so a lot of things happened at that one at that one facility now the way I have it pictured in my head I'm probably way off but is the is the whole football field's in the outfield, correct? Yes. Absolutely. And from foul like the foul lines are where the zones are, correct? Yep. You would you would go the left field foul line, which is the south end zone, and then you go directly north to the gym of the middle school. Look this up on Google Maps sometime and go to the gym of the uh, middle school. The the far sideline on the east side is just behind third base, maybe okay. 10, 15 yards. Okay. And then the home side is the outfield fence. Yep. Or like center field. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Um, and something else I thought was cool that you guys painted the field with black lines. We were absolutely shocked. Coaches, when we left them before the uh, Caldwell County game, they were leaving to go paint the field. And, and so we knew nothing about it. And they didn't say anything to us, and they didn't need to. And when we got there and we saw all that the marking lines, hash marks, and yard markers and everything were in black, we just couldn't believe it. And and I did take a picture and post it on our Twitter page and said that we were formally dressed in black attire for the football game. I thought it looked really, really good. Uh, yeah, uh, the grass had kind of, if it was green, green grass, it maybe not as looked, but the grass is a little brown right now and it looked really good. So what other than Ty Holland, what is one of the most interesting stadiums in region one that you have broadcasted from? I think, I think when you look at some of these in this part of the world, uh, you know, going to Mayfield and War Memorial and, and that stadium, uh, it was also built in World War II. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got history. There was also a baseball field there in the minor leagues, the old Kitty League. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so that brings some history to that, that, that it's an interesting field that, that you see. Uh, you see some of the metamorphoses of fields and and how they change over the time. Just like Fulton County, last year they did a major renovation to to their field, uh, to their bleachers, to their press box, did a very impressive job, and and it's very, very nice, and they do a good job. and, And, you know, Everybody usually in the press box is always so nice to you when you come to, when you're even when you're away and they want to help you make sure you're comfortable and, and so you know this year's been a little different. There's not a lot of extra people in the press box. They don't allow them, and so but everybody's tried to help each other, tried to do the right thing, and make sure everybody stays healthy. Awesome. Um, I guess we can fast forward to basketball since that's. Coming up in January. Sure. Uh, Murray High is losing Jerry Stuffy and uh, Hunter Utley, but I think they're still going to be top two, three in the region. Well, and, and there was a poll out 
the other day, uh, and I don't remember where it was from, had them number one in the region in, in, in boys' basketball. I, I think you look at some of the things that, that you see in basketball. I've got to see if I can bring up a roster real quick because uh, haven't even we have not converted to that. But I, I think you look at some of the things that they have in the boys' basketball team. Yes, Hunter Utley graduated, Tommy Waldrop graduated, but I think you look at the, uh, you look at some of the young people that they have on the team. They're going to play some exciting basketball this year, and they're going to move it up and down the court. And, and you, you, I think they're going to be good shooters. And I think they they want to shoot the three ball a lot. Also, Grant Whitaker loves to shoot the three. I think uh, Region 1, District 4, Marshall, Callaway, uh, Murray, going to be an interesting district this year, no doubt about it. Callaway, I mean, I, I hate to say it for them, but I think they're going to be down this year. They've lost a lot of seniors from last year. That team was really senior-laden and really good from last year. Um, Murray, like I said, they're going to be good. Marshall lost. A lot of their seniors, except for Zion, and and, yeah. and and Zion Harmon's a special player in in his ability to shoot, and, and if he can put some people out there that can help hit the boards and and help defensively, they're going to move the ball up and down the court. But I think that's why we see, you know, you you talk about a lot of seniors. You look at McCracken and what they also lost because Civils is now down here at Murray State. He got in the game the other day when we played Greenville out of Illinois, and he, I think he got 15 points. I was excited to see that. Yeah. I, I, I took the over was set at 250, and I took the over in that game uh, <laughs> for entertainment purposes only. Uh, uh, but, I, you know, I think that's why you've got to consider the Murray High Tigers that they do have an opportunity to win this region. You just got to have a few breaks. They they just missed a couple. They were very close last year, and, and in those games, probably against Marshall, they just had a couple of hiccups and and had a bad game. Uh, one bad game against against uh, Callaway, but I think they're going to be all right this year. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, Marshall or McCracken, you know they're going to be. They're going to defend well. So. Yeah, and, and I think the thing that gives McCracken the advantage, and this isn't a small school whine, it's just fact, is right. that you're the biggest school in the area, and, and so you draw the most people. But um, but I'm looking here at the roster right now. You look at Trey Bogus, Lincoln English, Dylan Jennings. I, I don't know if Sebastian will play or not. Drew May, Quanee McAllister, Charvel McAllister, Dijon Miles, Rowdy Sokolowski, Gabe Taylor, Grant Whitaker, huh. Colin Wilson, and Caleb Wyatt. So I think you I think you're gonna you're you may not be eight or nine deep, but I think six or seven deep real easily. For some reason, I don't remember Rowdy getting uh, playing on the roster last year. How what what is his best game? I mean, is he a Shooter from the outside? Does he drive inside? Or is... I'm going to be real honest with you. I don't remember Rowdy getting into the game last year. Okay. Um, I, I noticed that uh, Charvel is on the football team, but is Kwani, <laughs> is, he, he, is he talented on the, as a football player? Uh, no, he is the videographer. That that is uh, That is his kind of claim to fame is – that he's been doing the the videos and stuff like that, and he's not a football player, basketball player, pretty good too. 
Yeah, he is. Um, and you got Bogus can shoot it from outside. Taylor can shoot it from outside. Yep. And then, of course, Grant Whitaker can bomb away from outside as well. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you're just looking at their schedule. Uh, the Murray High boys are start, supposed to start on January the 5th against Webster County. We'll see if that all happens because you got Webster County, Apollo, then they're still working on all a tournament here in the Commonwealth that is supposed to start on January the 12th. Now, last year you had a post presence in, uh, oh, I said his name earlier. Definitely. Yes. Who is going to be the post presence for Murray this year? You know, that's a good question. I don't even know if they're going to use a post presence on that or if they're going to, like, go with three guards and two forwards, which they may well may well do. I'm kind of looking here. Uh, it, boy, it looks like guard, guard, forward, guard. Doesn't really look like they have a true center this year. So, you know, maybe kind of like college is going to in pro basketball where you really don't have the big man down deep. We're going to run you on speed, play some defense, and shoot from the outside. Seemed to work. Was it Houston that went five go or five small ball? Uh, probably Houston or uh, the Warriors. I think it was Houston yeah. in the play last season that went all small ball. Yep, yeah. and, and that may well happen this year. Um, oh, I guess I'll go back to football. What's the most imp- what what are some of the or who are some of the most impressive um, players you've seen in the last couple of years in the region? I you know. <laughs> I think you really got to like, I, I, I've had a little, as I, as I tell Jeremy and the coaches, I've had a bromance with Sebastian Lawrence since he was a freshman <laughs> and he just, and you, you could see every once in a while you get a freshman kid that steps on the field that exceeds expectations immediately and does it through his his high school career. We had a young running back several years ago by the name of Jamie King. He his like second or third game. He he took a punt return or a kickoff return back for a touchdown, and he just took off. You love to see the way the way he played. Um, you know, you you go over and you you look at Caldwell County, and, and you look at Van Hooser. He, he, he's a tremendous ball player, and you like to see the way he plays. I like, I like those big, burly guys that want to hit somebody on that. You, you know, you, but you look at Brashear. He, he, by the high school coaches, football coaches association in, in Region 1 2A, uh, he was the uh, player of the year. And, you know, he, he had a very nice year, plays both ways, does a good job. Uh, as a quarterback, does a good job as a as a linebacker, defensive back, uh, on that. And you know, if he was a little taller, I think they put him at five eight, five nine. If if he was probably six foot, or maybe even five ten, five eleven, uh, he'd probably go play someplace if he wanted to. Um, switch so the basketball. Um, I talked to Aaron Clayton a couple weeks ago. And he now, was talking about Travis Perry. He was talking about Travis Perry over at Lyon County. And, and un- asked, unfortunately, we don't get to see Lyon County. Ah. We don't get to play him. And uh, I, I, the the young man you're talking about that Aaron talked about, he he got his first offer offer this week from Creighton University. Oh wow! 
Now, when you talk to Aaron, you talk to a professional broadcaster. He's got a great voice and, and sounds like it. Unlike Jeremy and I, that sounds like we're we're talking in a five-gallon bucket. Well, Region 1, I, like I said earlier, has a bunch of those. You've got Jeff Waters at Marshall County. You've got Joe Jackson over at Graves. Uh, I'm blanking. Eric Chumbler at McCracken. Oh, Chumbler, yeah, McCracken. On that, you've got the Mayfield guys that we had last week. They do a great job. I'm not, I haven't ever listened to them. I'm not sure who they are. Um, but I was, I asked Aaron about Travis Perry compared to, compared to Harmon, and he was more impressed with the way the full game of Perry. Hold on a second. Um. So, I, w- I, w- I was hoping to see that matchup between Har- Harmon and uh, Perry. And, and that may well happen this year just because many, many basketball uh, seasons are being changed. And, and just because uh, of – I think you're going to be like a lot, a lot like football where we're going to start. We may change a little bit. We may have to pick up a game here or there. And uh, so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that we see all these changes happening uh, throughout the year. I'm, I'm just trying to get to uh, Marshall County. I'm looking at here at a website to see if I can tell you if oh, there's Lyon County. Let's see what their schedule looks like. Boom. Uh, they're playing Crittenden, Hopkins County, Central, Warren Central, University Heights, Madisonville, Caldwell, Graves, Callaway, Livingston, Trigg, Henderson, Caldwell, Ballard, Apollo, Union, Hopkins County, Central, Hopkinsville, Trigg, Marshall County, February the 19th. That'll be a good matchup. Yep. That looks, and that is at Hoops Fest. Hoops Fest been moved from normal uh, December. They moved that to February the 19th. At eight o'clock at at Hoop Fest, so you might want to tune into that game. That will be impressive. Um, now the in, the interesting thing there, you could listen to Jeff Waters on one station and Aaron Clayton on another, and hear two different calls. That would be that's, that's a treat right there. There you go. Um, so I asked you about impressive stadiums in football. What's the most interesting or cool gym that you call the game in, in recent one? I, I, I think you look at different things. Um, uh, I, I think you go to the uh, – you, you look at, at, at Marshall Counties and, and what a great job they did. And in the heydays, you know, when, when everybody came out and you look at that, you look at that uh, arena – and if it and, and if it had been you go there and be full, it's it's wonderful. You look over at McCracken and, and a large, wonderful stadium there. You go to Graves and, and 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 you do that. That's where they used to play the All A all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think a a, a a place I miss basketball where the All A used to be played, but most of the teams didn't like to come here because it was in Murray, and we're the only old racer arena. 
yeah. where before the CFSB, RSEC, whatever you want to call it, was built, and they played in the old in Racer Arena. It's kind of dug down. Uh, the capacity is not that well. But you put even if you have 500 people in that facility. It is loud. That's where uh, racer uh, volleyball is played now. It, right. I think, I really think at, for a high school event, if you could play basketball there every night, it'd be a great place to play. I really do, and a great neutral court and a setting and the and the the intimacy because you're right there at on top of the on top of it, and you know they tell stories about. Years ago, Racer Arena had it packed on a New Year's Eve, and I think that Austin P was in town to play a midnight game, and it was just nuts. Yes. That would be a cool idea. I wish they kind of would have done kind of something like that this year with the, the swing game. Exactly. Um, but we've got the schedule in. It's a brutal one. Yes. Um, so... The Tigers, they're looking like I think they'll look pretty good this year. Um, who is the one team that not everybody's talking about that you think we should watch out for? Boy, that's a good question. Uh, you know, a team that they're, I think they're always under the radar, but they play very, very well as Mayfield in basketball. Uh, at times they can just play amazing, amazing basketball and they can, they're so athletic. Uh, it, it's just unbelievable. Paducah Tillman can come back and, and play some tremendous basketball. Yes. You always think about the McCrackens. You think about the May, the Mayfields, the Graves, um, just because they have a bigger population to pull from and stuff like that. But you look at the Tillmans, you look at the Mayfields, and some of the things that they can do, and, and they play some fantastic basketball at those schools. Um, now, you know, we've seen Rod Thomas from Paducah Tillman at Murray State. Mm-hmm. We've seen Jackson Civils at Murray State now from McCracken. Mm-hmm. seen – you know, Charlie Settle from Callaway County and Macy, Lex, and Lexus from Murray High on the girls' side. Who's the next talent from Region 1 to possibly end up at a Murray State or a Murray State-like uh, program? Boy, that is a great question. I don't know if I can answer that question tonight. You've you've asked the one that probably I haven't got into basketball as of yet enough that we've concentrated on football, and and I will have to admit I'm probably looking past basketball a little uh, as doing prep time already for Murray State baseball and softball this year. Hopefully, getting that in. So I'm I'm going to have to have to push back on that question now. We know where Zion Harmon's going to go, so I, I could pick. Him. Yeah, he's going to. I bet he'll go to Western Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we know that. Um, there was a point where he was going to end up. He was thinking about Murray. I, I and I just. Oh no! They're so point guard heavy. I didn't see that. Yeah, the only reason he, had, I believe, he had to come to Murray is the legacy. 
that you look at uh, of guards and and how they have been treated at Murray State and where they go uh, that you that you look at that lineage from from uh, Isaiah Cannon to John Morant now with campaign in between and and Jonathan Stark is yeah um, okay on the football side who is the next that's not committed yet. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Who do I really, really like? That's got some size and some range and and stuff like that. That and, and see, we, I don't get to see. We we have never had the opportunity to see McCracken. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Portese kid out of Union County. Uh, he he played very good football. Big back, bruising back. He's had some health issues. You, you'd like to see him. Uh, you know, I, I look at I look at, at a possibility of uh, Andrew Orr, a junior this year. I mean, the different. He was hurt a lot last year as a sophomore. Uh, play has played big this year as a junior. Uh, you know, if he can grow a couple inches. Maybe improve his speed a little bit. Andrew Orr may be that type of guy that can play at the next level. Uh, you know, the thing I like about him, he moves uh, laterally across the field very, very well. Uh, I think he's got a little meanness in him that I think that if that helps at football. The other guy, yeah. the other guy, I like at Murray High a lot, and, and I don't think he gets enough love from everybody. I, I try to, to to talk about him as much as I can. Devin Lee, uh, mm-hmm. a, a young man, Devin has transformed him. He he's taken some of the baby fat on him. He looks bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, he he's made some plays where he's been on the defensive line. He's come out of the line, went across the field. Uh, uh, a long way and tackled somebody that's got away from somebody else. Uh, I think Devin Lee, you know, we could see him maybe surpass Sebastian in ability his senior year. He he has that type of potential. That's gonna be he's gonna be a nemesis for a lot of teams in the region. Yes. Um. All right. Uh, best quarterback in the region. <laughs> Next year or this year? Um, okay, let's go both. Um, I think you, you look at it statistically it, it, on that uh, at times. If we're looking at, at region at a region one two A football, I, I think you've got to go Brashear. Uh, just because of his numbers, and he's really played well against Murray. His best games, uh, he's he's averaged over 262 yards passing in the two games against Murray. Everybody else, it's about 157 yards a game. So we've made him look very, very good. He, but but he's a good leader. Uh, I think you got to give him that. Uh, some of the other people we see. I don't know. This Zane Carpenter, if, if I'm not bringing Rowdy, Rowdy does some special things that I don't think everybody gives him credit for. Uh, there's just sometimes that he throws the ball to the wrong people, but it happens. But we've seen him throw four and five touchdown passes, too. And, and so Rowdy does a nice job. No, I think, that, I think uh, uh, Zane um, 
Cartwright from Mayfield. I think he could be something special. You know, you you play for Joe Morris. You're going to pick some, and you're playing quarterback for the Mayfield Cardinals. You're not a slouch. You're no. going to pick some things up over time. What what impresses me about Rowdy is he can throw the ball, but he's always that threat. He's he can run the ball. He can pull it down and run, take off. Um, I'm going to take a name from the past. If his passing improves his senior year, who he reminds me of is an old quarterback by the name of Kenny Stabler that used to play for the Oakland Raiders. Now, they're, Rowdy's right-handed and Kenny Stabler was left-handed, but they called him Kenny the Snake, kind of wild hair, a bon viand of his own, and, and just kind of went off on his own. And, and so that's kind of Rowdy. Rowdy beats to a different drummer. And, and and he plays that way, but it's an exciting way to watch him play. Now, have you seen Prior Lamb over at McCracken or uh, John Brown? I believe it was we saw we saw we saw John Ben Brown last year. Graves was on our schedule, uh, didn't get seen. John Ben started his what two years ago or last year started his first game as a quarterback against us in the first game of the year and just ate our lunch. And so I haven't got to see his body work on that. But, yeah, he's done a very, very nice job. The McCracken quarterback, unfortunately, we've never had the opportunity since McCracken has come together. We used to play Reedland. We used to play Lone Oak. We used to play Heath. But since they've been McCracken in football, we've not played them. They've got a tough match. Yes. Oof. Yes. They're traveling all the way to Louisville to play mail. That's going to be brutal. I mean, both teams are talented, but yeah. Mail just has a bigger recruiting area. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe so. And I just so, want uh, as we're still in in the third round of playoffs, there's still teams that are falling out in COVID. Even today, Fair, Fairdale, which I believe is a 5A team out of Louisville, they pulled out of their of their uh, game for tomorrow night because they have COVID going through their team. Yikes! So we've uh, we've had three teams across all classes so far pull out of tomorrow night's game. Um, well, Henderson. That's how McCracken got to last week. Was Henderson had to pull? That's out. right. That is exactly uh, right. I was kind of excited to see McCracken, you know, see how they come back after that loss to Henderson in the regular season. Yep. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Exactly. So, I figured we could go into some rapid-fire questions. Oh. <laughs> Get you out of here. All right. I know you're, you're busy tonight, so. Um, best Southern saying you've ever heard? The best or the one that I remember because it, it, it just absolutely blows me away. All right, let's go with that. Okay, and it's probably still the same. Get your picture made. Now, I, I'm originally from, from Illinois where we have our picture taken, but getting your picture made just absolutely blows my mind. <laughs> awesome. Um now, we just had Thanksgiving. What was the best Thanksgiving food you've had this year? Um, well, um, I'm, I'm going to say that we had what I would call 
corn souffle casserole. That was excellent. Had turkey, which was very good, and, and all those things. I like Thanksgiving. We just got to eat a lot. And my wife, <laughs> my wife makes this tremendous cranberry salad. That is, it's cranberries and Jello and all that type of stuff. I'm going to go with cranberry salad as my favorite. Awesome. All right. Well, what's your favorite dessert? Oh, uh, pumpkin pie. Nice. Uh, I just had a slice of that. There you go. Today. Uh, mine is pecan, but I still I love a I love a pumpkin. There you pie. go. Um, best sports memory. I think I think uh, game one. Of the 2011 World Series, Cardinals playing the Rangers in St. Louis, uh, I bought tickets, took my family. Mm. So my wife, my two girls, and I were at game one at Bush Stadium. That's not the David Freeze home run game. No, that is the Chris Carpenters uh, making the play at first base and almost getting stepped on play. Oh, okay. The game six was was, was Freeze's home run. I was about to say earlier I was listening. I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but early just earlier today I was I heard somebody talking about the carpenter, the carpenter home run or the carpenter home run. Um. All right, now do you you live in Murray? Yes, I do. Best place to eat in Murray. I love food, so you, you see all these questions about food. Okay, I, I get I, I get to have more than one. Okay, okay two pizza places in Murray that, that I dearly love. Muggsy's and Matt B's on Main Street. Uh, I, I also like the keg, which is one of my favorites. And, and, and then there's... Uh, Hop Hound Brewing, we 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 dearly love that. That that is, that is a great restaurant. So those four, we even on this in the lockdown, we try to order out and make sure we we share with everybody and eat out once a week. Now I'm I'm excited about the the <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a huge like I'm a beer I'm a beer. I've fan. noticed that. So that leads to question. But if I'm going to Hop Hound Brew Brew Club. What's the beer I've got to get? I've got to try. Oh, now because of my favorite, anything dark. I loved. I love dark beers. Absolutely, and they, and they make some good ones. Uh, they also get a couple from uh, the brewery down in Paris. But anything dark, you can never go wrong in my mind. So. I guess. What is your favorite dark beer? That's that's my fifth. Oh, uh, Guinness Extra Stout. Ah, nice. See, um, I love to try different things. Um, but my beer choice is seasonal. Uh, hot outside, I'm a, I, I'm a, a sour IPA like. Um, but if it's cold fall, I want a darker beer. Um, I'm all about a stout. Um. I've wanted to try a peanut butter uh, stout, but I haven't got to yet. Those are excellent. Let me tell you that they are very, very good. One of my one of my favorite stouts is a milk stout, uh, and I think you can get it in your area called Duck Rabbit Milk Stout. That is a maiden. Uh, it's made in North Carolina or South Carolina. Okay, I was about to ask. Um, I've tried left hand milk yes. stout, and that's not a Colorado. Yes, and I know people rave on that. It's one. very good. So, 
Harold, I've really enjoyed um, or hacked. I guess I can call you either that. or. Um, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow you and Jeremy and all your broadcasts? Well, uh, they can follow. Now I'm just on Twitter and I run the Twitter. It's at JB and Hack. J B A N D Hack. H A C. So you can follow us. Join the Twitterverse on there. We will we'll talk to you. We'll let you know that you've been there on that. Uh, you can follow us during the game. Uh, WNBS thirteen forty. Uh, 1340wnbs.com or Zeno Radio. I think you probably follow us on Zeno Radio or 1340wnbs.com, John. Uh, the app is the yeah. easier way for me. Um, and you know we get you in Georgia. We talk about you. We we've we've got people in Texas that listen to us. We have people in California, Arkansas. I don't know why people want to listen to us, but we appreciate everybody that does. It always makes me wonder, like, what do people in Murray think when they hear this random guy out of Georgia is following Murray High? <laughs> Uh, and most of them, a lot of the people that follow us is alumni or, or they listen to us. It, it's, uh, it, it is funny. Uh, some of the people that do listen to us turn us in. Uh, the Murray Ledger Time reporter, Steve Springer, uh, he, he, he does, but we, he talked to us that his dad, who lives in Louisville, has no, no connection to us at all. He tuned in and listened last week. Well, I have no connection to Murray yeah. either. I mean, and you just... The only... I found Murray State through Jarvis. Yes. Williams, who came from the, the JUCO school that I... Mm -hmm. That's how I got to follow Murray State. And that's what led me down this rabbit hole of Region 1 athletics. Have you ever visited up here at Murray? Unfortunately, no, but I'm going to... That's one of my plans is to make it up. Oh, it'd be great for a football game or a basketball game to, to come up to see Murray and, and a lovely little town in western Kentucky of about 15,000 15, good people and one old crab and that old crab's me, they say. <laughs> well, I've got plans to make it up there because I want to run at least a half marathon or longer race up there. And visit all the people that I've talked to over social media and you know, visit all the little towns that I've heard followed over this year and or the past years, and I'm just I'm excited for. That. Excellent. Well, we'd love to have you. Um. Well, it's been a blast talking to you. Uh, you want to give a prediction on the tomorrow night's game, or do you leave that? Uh... Well, I am a bit of a homer. I think it's going to be a close game, and, and uh, you know, I think we're going to come down to the last quarter. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the two things that are, make me captain obvious. It's got, whoever wins the line and whoever makes the least errors is going to win. That is true. You mentioned errors. I just thought about this. You know, what makes the win for Murray High this past Friday more impressive than you just beat Mayfield at? You turned the ball over four times against Mayfield, and still, I, I, we, uh, we talked to Coach Hodge about that, and he said, "I don't know of anybody that's going to turn it over four times and still win the game. That's unusual. Um, that's where the defense had to stick up a lot of pressure on them. Uh, we cannot afford to do that against Owensboro Catholic. I think you you go and look at some of those uh, at their team stats. You look at some of the things that I've read on them." 
that they're kind of a ball club like us. They want to be ball control, march it down the field. They run the ball about two-thirds of the time. And so they want to control. We have to have ball security because you're not going to get that many opportunities if you make mistakes and the other team scores that your, your times to touch the ball are going to be few tomorrow night if everybody's going to play ball control. Well, in basketball, especially in girls' basketball, in the All-A Classic lately, it's been Owensboro Catholic has been Murray High's nemesis. Let's, uh, let's hope that changes for the football. There you go. We're, we'd love to have that happen. Well, like I said, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to talking to you again. John, it has been a lot of fun. Let's stay in touch, my friend.